This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. They're coming for the top of the stretch. Charlatan has shrugged off the challenge of Nick's go. Charlatan turning for home in front. Mistriff is now the challenger. They're off the turn. They're into the stretch. Charlatan digging down deep on the lead. Mistriff desperately trying to get by. Nick's go been defeated. Great Scott and Tacitus coming down to the final 100 meters. Charlatan has to fend off the oncoming Mistriff. Mistriff is roused to the lead. Charlatan tries to fight back. It's doing so. Mistriff, Charlatan. Mishrift covers the cup, an upset winner, defeating Charlatan. Great Scott, Nixco settles for fourth, Sleepy Eyes Todd was fifth, it's Mishrift in Saudi. Now here's Bobby Newman and Bob Nastanovich. Good evening, welcome to another edition of the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman along with Bob Nastanovich. We've got a dozen races to conquer this evening, Bob, including the richest race in the world. It is the fifth running of the Saudi Cup. Conquer. We're going to try to conquer 12 races on the show. I like that. Um, yeah, no, it's really an incredibly deep field in the Saudi Cup. There'll be a lot of names in there that American racing fans are aware of. It was nice to hear that renewal, the 2021 one there, when Mishrif, ridden by David Egan, who currently plies his trade at Gulfstream Park, uh, won the race for Qatar Racing Limited and, uh, and John Gosden memorably. He actually went to stud and then... Uh, failed for a year, and uh, I guess they sorted him out, and he's back in action. But, uh, yeah, interesting horse had a big year that year. And this one, I'm sure they're very, very pleased with the turnout in uh, Saudi, and it's, it's, a, it's a very good card if you're up early in the morning. I, I shudder at the thought of what you use the term sorted him out actually means, but uh, I, I get where you go. Uh, folks, Amwager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Here's how. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then deposit $150, bet $150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's that easy. Amwager is a wagering platform that's loaded with valuable tools and features, including odds charts, odds predictions, and much more. You'll also get free access to Form to Win, a revolutionary app that analyzes past performance data in just minutes. So go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob, well, we're going to start it off with the biggest race in the world. It is the Grade 1 Saudi Cup. It is the ninth and final race on the Saturday card tomorrow in Riyadh. Goes at 12.40 p.m. U.S. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, a mile and an eighth is the distance. I believe it's a one-turn mile and an eighth or about a mile and an eighth. Fifteen are scheduled to go in the Saudi Cup. And the Breeders' Cup Classic champ, White Abario, is the morning line favorite. Yeah, a couple of things I wanted to mention from the undercard, if people are up early and on their uh, chosen uh, ADW websites um, like Amwager. Amwager, of course, will have full coverage of the card from Riyadh. But the uh, the Saudi Derby, which is a, a $1.5 million uh, purse, uh, features uh, two horses that American racing fans will be familiar with. Uh, ben Tornado, who is outstanding in the Florida Stallion uh, series last year. And Bookham Dano from Derek Ryan's barn, who he's just extremely high on. Uh, that race is then followed by um, a really, really interesting race, and that's the sprint, which features Bold Journey, who's been pretty dominant this winter at Aqueduct. That, that This race at 940, it's the dirt sprint, facing really... America's top up-and-coming sprinter, and that's Skelly from the Asmussen Barn, who's won seven in a row, including a, a handy win over Tejano Twist on February 3rd at Oaklawn um, in the King Cotton. He'll look for uh, to extend his, ra- his uh, winning streak to eight races. But the Saudi Cup really couldn't be deeper, Bob. I mean, he got defunded in there, won the Hollywood Gold Cup last year, was sold by Pegram and his buddies to the Saudis. 
You've got White Abari, of course, won the Breeders' Cup Classic. He's been sold to uh, Prince Faisal. You've got Ushba to, to Soro, who was fifth in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Um, last year, highly regarded Japanese horse, Derma Sotagake. Tough, determined Japanese horse. Looked to be backpedaling. The Breeders' Cup just kept on grinding away to finish second. Um, hoist the gold back around one turn is interesting. But it's hard to argue with the form of National Treasure, treasure from the Baffert Barn. He was outstanding in the Pegasus World Cup. Really nice horse. Um, Saudi crowns in there. It was dominant Louisiana stakes. But uh, my selection is going to be Lemon Pop from Godolphin. He's a uh, 10 for 14 lifetime. Uh, drew the three hole in here. Has outstanding tactical speed. Was bought as a foal many years ago by Godolphin. And uh, Japan, of course, won the uh, race last year with Pantherosa. My selection is uh, Lemon Pop. In the, okay, uh, I Cup. went to uh, another Japanese-based runner, Ushba Tesoro. I liked him a lot in the Breeders' Cup Classic, and he ran okay, not great. I happen to think that he didn't love the uh, real firm going that he caught out at Santa Anita, and I think he's going to like the deeper, quote-unquote, fast track of Saudi uh, a little bit better. He's run well in the Middle East already, having won uh, the Dubai World Cup last year. He's just a win machine other than that one race in the Breeders' Cup Classic. 4-1 to one on the morning line. I think he'll be at least 4-1. to one. And the, the other reason I really like him is it looks to me like all of the American runners, maybe with the exception of White Abario and Senor Buscador, are front-running types. At least a lot of them are. Carmel Road wants to go to the lead. Defunded, always close. Hoist the gold, looks like he has to make the lead. Isolate makes the lead when he's sprinting. National Treasure, he's going to be forwardly placed. Power in Numbers is one that's forwardly placed. Saudi, Saudi Crown goes to the lead every time he goes. Somebody's got to close in this race, and I think it's Ushba Tesoro who's going to get it done for Japan in Saudi Cup 2024. Well, let's get back stateside, and the featured race tomorrow at Aqueduct is the Haynes Field, named after a very good New York bred, and the Haynes Field is for four-year-olds and up going one mile on the main track at Aqueduct. We've got a field of seven coming together, including the defending champ, Dr. Ardito, morning line favorite, number seven, Maker's Candy. Yeah, clear and cold tomorrow in Jamaica, New York, so we, I'd expect a fast track for this one, which, of course, if uh, you're looking at the PPs for this race, you'll see a lot of off-tracks, um, especially in recent months at Aqueduct. Uh, so it's almost rare to have a fast track uh, these days. But this looks like a showdown to me between the three-horse, uh, Dr. Ardito, who, as you mentioned, won the race last year by a head. Um, he's six for nine at Aqueduct. Six for ten at this distance. The one-turn mile is by Liam's map. He comes off of a, a freshening. Um, and uh, He won the uh, Alex Robb in his last race, December 29th, over sealed mud. He's very good on dirt, very good on uh, on mud, uh, faster and mud. Um, but he's got a really tough customer to contend with who's in career form. And I'm going to give uh, the seven horse makers candy, who's eight to five in the morning line. Dr. Ardito is two to one. Um, I think they'll pretty much go off in that neighborhood. In fact, I wouldn't even be surprised if Dr. Ardito hails from the Chad Brown barn, goes off favorite. Um, makers candy, who's trained by Mike Maker. Um, Manny Franco chose to ride Dr. Ardito. Make what you want of that. Um, Jose Lescano deputizes on Maker's Candy. He's three for seven in the last 60 days for Mike Maker, five for seven in the money, and the horse is going for his fourth win in a row. He's run five races in his career, the one-turn mile at Aqueduct. He's crossed the line in first in all five, got uh, disqualified in the gander last uh, um, February. So, uh, Maker's Candy just loves the situation, and, and in recent um, times, in December and January, he's been going faster than Dr. Ardito, so I give him the edge from the seven hole in the uh, in the Haynes Field. Okay, uh, I am going to go to the defending champ, Dr. Ardito. Just thought there was enough speed between Maker's Candy, Mama's Gold, and even number four overstep that Dr. Ardito's late run uh, could be tough once again. And I did pay attention to the fact that Manny Franco appeared to choose Dr. Ardito over Maker's Candy. Respect them both. Slight edge to Dr. Ardito for me in the Haynes Field. Featured race tomorrow out at Gulfstream Park is the Gulfstream Park Sprint. 
These are four-year-olds and up. Going to go six furlongs on the main track. Race 11 on the card. We've got a field of 10 gathering for the Gulfstream Park Sprint. And number six, Candy Man Rocket, who hasn't run since last summer, is the 8-5 to five favorite. Yeah, I think he'll probably go off favorite. I mean, Junior Alvarado's over in uh, um, his regular riders, ridden at least uh, the last 10 times on Candyman Rocket. I think probably all 12 in his 12-race career. This is a six-year-old by Candy Ride. Jose Ortiz fills in. Um, like you said, hasn't raced since July 1st. Um, ran okay that day at Belmont, seven furlongs in the Nehrud, the grade two Nehrud, which was won by three technique. The most significant thing about his form um, for Frank Fletcher and Motti's four for four at Gulfstream. Um, so he loves it around here. <clears throat> he goes pretty well fresh. He's won off the layout before. Um, he he kind of uh, he ran no sort of race behind Skelly in the uh, Count Fleet off a layoff last year at uh, Oaklawn. Um, but looks like from his works at Payson Park that Mott's got him where he wants him. Um, however... I'm going to give the edge to Dean Del uh, Delivers. He's got a little bit of a recency edge. Ran a big race against State Breads um, at Tampa um, December night, despite getting beat um, as the favorite by a nose. Um, he finished third in the Vanderbilt last year behind Elite Power and Gunite. Of course, as we know, that, that was as good as it gets in American racing. Sprinting this year, he's a grade two, um, I'm sorry, grade three winner over this racetrack going six furlongs in the smile last year, five for 16 at Gulfstream, uh, 12 for 16 in, in the exacta, and six furlongs just looks at his uh, looks like his best game. I think if uh, if he can, uh, you know, break sharply and establish a forward position under Jaramillo from the 10 hole, um, he'll have a slight edge, and I really like his uh, morning line. If he's, if he's close to five to one, I think Dean delivers is worth a bet. Yeah, I think the same thing. I like Dean Delivers at 5-1. to one. Don't know if we'll get 5-1 to because he's basically never that price, but he's been running against a softer competition of late than what he, I think he's going to see tomorrow at Gulfstream. Everything you said, Bob, is record there, the outside post. I think Dean Delivers is going to be very tough in the Gulfstream Park Sprint. Bob and I both like, both like him to get the job done. Am wager using form to win. I uh, think that number two, Loco Abario, who's 15-1 to one on the morning line, is the best long shot to get involved, not necessarily their top pick in the race, but a long shot who has a big chance uh, at a number to be somewhere on the ticket. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to head to Hot Springs, Arkansas. They have four stakes on their Saturday card, of course, highlighted by the Grade 2 Rebel. This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Don't miss a minute of the action now through April with Thoroughbred Stakes Racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. And, of course, we're the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with delicious dining and the best Sunday brunch around. So race in for all the excitement at Houston's best bet for fun and entertainment. Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Silver Charm. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN. 
You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. Secret oath around the far turn. Contreras is going to have to either split horses or wait and go around. He'll move within two of the lead. Then comes free like a girl. Optionality's gone. UG Re. How about the rail for Secret Oath? And in two strides, she's two in front. Secret Oath has stormed to the lead. It is now a three-length advantage. UG Re and Ice Orchid are watching her race away. And Secret Oath comes to the final furlong now with a five-length advantage. UG Re and Ice Orchid, this is another dominant performance for a budding superstar. Secret Oath to win the Honeybee. That was Vic Stoffer on the call back in 2022. The Grade 3 Honeybee won by Secret Oath. She would go on, of course, to win the Kentucky Oaks. It was a very, very good filly for trainer Wayne Lucas. This year's Honeybee, part of a power pack card tomorrow out at Oaklawn Park. Welcome back to the M Wager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. All right, let's get into the Oaklawn action. They've got four consecutive stakes on the card tomorrow, races 8, 9, 10, and 11. They make up a 50-cent all-stakes pick four. And the first of those stakes is the only ungraded stake. It's the carousel. Six furlongs, four-year-olds and up, going to sprint the three-quarters of a mile. Field of nine gathering. And according to the morning line, it's going to be between the eight Zeitlos and seven Mucho Macho Girl. Yeah, the first thing I want to point out um, about Oaklawn Park this weekend um, is the weather is supposed to be fantastic, and we haven't been able to say that very often over the last several weeks uh, covering the stakes races from Oakland. So uh, I think they're expecting, like, uh, low 60s and beautiful sunshine. So uh, that'll that'll ensure a massive crowd in Hot Springs tomorrow. Uh, so get ready for that. If you're going, uh, congratulations. Have a wonderful time. This renewal of the carousel um, – it's quite clear from the morning line and the form that two horses uh, that you mentioned there are going to take a huge amount of the money. Um, the eight-horse Sightlos, I think, is, who's seven to five in the morning line. Tyler Gaffleone rides for Asmussen. Um, won her first and only race at Oakland Park rather easily on February 3rd um, by three and a quarter. Uh, interestingly, she and her chief rival in here, the seven mucho macho girl, um, who's three for four lifetime, has really dominated uh, sprinting fillies down at uh, fairgrounds. Both of these fillies are making their stakes debut. Now, of course, their speed figures, their workouts, um, their records, everything indicate that, um, you know, they should be the two short prices. And here I expect Zeitlos to go off. Closer to even money, maybe even four to five, and Mucho Macho Girl to go off at eight to five. Um, however, um, it's hard for me to take prices anywhere close to that with these Phillies making their stakes debut. So um, I looked for an alternative, and the alternative I found is the one horse, Adeline Julia. That's my selection here. Robertino Diodoro trains, owner Jerry Caroom, who's, who's won a lot of races um, in this part of the country over the years and, and current. Uh, Leading rider Christian Torres takes the mount, takes over from Florent Giroux here. She ran okay in the American Beauty. She was beaten six, but that was over sealed mud. Uh, she's clearly a better filly on a fast track. She's going to get a fast track tomorrow. There's going to be a, there's a ton of speed in here. She had, she does have the ability to lay pretty closely, and she's a stakes winner. She's won a couple of hundred thousand dollar stakes in her career. She threw in a clunker in, in front of you. Uh, last year in the Sailorville when she finished fifth behind Ugiri, but Ugiri would be uh, pretty dominant in this group if she was participating. So I think if Adeline Julia can bounce back to, any, any, to her best, uh, she's 5 for 11 and at 10 to 1 in the morning, I think she's a steal. Yeah, she definitely has a big shot. Looks like she runs her better races when she races with Lasix as opposed to when she doesn't. And she doesn't get Lasix tomorrow, but you're right. Her good races certainly put her right there as one of the ones to beat. I went to the favorite, Zeitlos. It's not a race I'm going to play. Uh, I just like the form that she's in right now, and I like the fact that she can sit just off, which should be an honest pace in this spot. She also picks up Tyler Gaffleone for the first time. So Zeitlos for me, Adeline Julia for Bob in the carousel race eight tomorrow at Oaklawn Park. By the way, uh, Amwager using form to win. 
Uh, their top selection in the race is number seven, Mucho Macho Girl. Moving forward to the ninth race, it is the Grade Three Honey Bee for three-year-old uh, for three-year-old fillies, rather, going a mile and a sixteenth. We've got a field of ten gathering in this race. Amwager using form to win. Say the best value in the race is number. 10, Midshipman's Dance, who's looked very good in both of her career starts, Bob. Both of those were sprinting, both with jockey Christian Torres aboard. He gets off to get on the morning line favorite, number six, West Omaha. Yeah, and Midshipman's Dance picks up Ramon Vasquez, who, of course, is an outstanding rider in his own right. The question mark with her from the 10 hole, stretching out from six furlongs to a mile and a 16th for this daughter of midshipman out of a Stevie Wonderboy mare might be kind of a big ask. Uh, there's some pretty nice fillies in here, quite frankly, and uh, West Omaha, I think, is she's 7-5 to five in the morning line uh, for Brad Cox and Torres, like you mentioned. She'll go off much shorter than that. She swerved. Um, she was entered in the Rachel Alexander last week at Fairgrounds. Uh, that looked like a tougher spot on paper. Tarifa was awesome. Winning it, Intricate was very good running second. Brad Cox said, no, thank you. I'm going to go up to Oaklawn and run for 100000 more in the Honeybee. Right now it looks like uh, the right move. Uh, interesting in here, the two-horse band of gold is 2-1 to one in the morning line. To me, that 2-1 to one would represent a bad value. I mean, she she won her maiden at Churchill uh, last November 25th by a nose. They threw her in at the deep end in the untappable. She got beat by Alpine Princess, West Omaha, and others. Uh, she got well beaten in there. She bounced back and won a stakes race here in the, in the slop, the Martha Washington, which is the, the race before the Honey Bee in the series. I just think that two to one's no value. Um, I, I, I was looking for an alternative to West Omaha. And I came up with Allie's Beach. She's kind of interesting. She ships in from the fairgrounds, too, for Tom Amos. Um, won her maiden at Saratoga at 8-1. to one, And then they, they, he had, you know, they have so much confidence in her, they put her in the spin away. She, she didn't disgrace herself. She finished fourth. And then she kind of she set the pace first time around two turns, like a lot of horses do, and kind of flattened out in the Alcibiade. She's training great. Um, at the fairgrounds, and I think if she handles Oaklawn Park, if she's improved from two to three and by Omaha Beach out of a Bernardini mare, uh, she's entitled to. I think that Allie's Beach could be a big player in here at 10 to 1 for uh, Julian Leperu and Tom Amos. All right, Allie's Beach for Bob. I went to the favorite West Omaha, not a race I really love. I just think that what she's done is clearly better than the rest of these right now, and I actually thought the best chance of beating her was the M wager form to win uh, best value selection, number 10, Midshipman's Dance. I would use both of them. I know that Torres uh, chose Wes Omaha over Midshipman's Dance, but Midshipman's Dance to me uh, looks like she's a filly with a lot of ability, and at 12-1, to 1, I think she has a chance in here to beat West Omaha. I'm going to use both of them, but West Omaha is my selection to win the Honey Bee tomorrow at Oaklawn. Tenth race on the card at Oaklawn is the Grade 3 Razorback. Four-year-olds and up going a mile and a 16th. We've got a big field of 13 in the Razorback. Uh, Amwager, using form to wins, have the selection of number five, Octane, at 5-1. to one. That is the top pick, according to form to win. It's a wide-open race on paper, Bob. I'm not even sure who's going to be favored. It could be... The Iowa bred ain't life grand. Yeah, no, this the Razorback. I remember even during this millennium was a hundred thousand dollar race and like one twenty five, then one fifty, and now it's a six hundred thousand dollar purse in the uh, you know the another leg of the series that leads up to the uh, Oaklawn handicap in April. Um, so you're going to get thirteen horses. You're going to get the best uh, older horses in the in the area, certainly on the grounds and. Uh, Ain't Life Grand, who you must be very familiar with, uh, an Iowa bred, trained by Kelly Von Hemel. Uh, look, Kelly's 0 for 15 this meet. I wouldn't make too much of that. Uh, generally speaking, he's uh, in the process of getting uh, his Iowa stock primed for the start of the uh, meet there um, at Prairie Meadows. But Ain't Life Grand's an exception. Ain't Life Grand's really a class horse. I mean, class enough to run in the Travers. All the units well beaten there in 2022, but generally toys with Iowa breads. He won the Iowa Derby Open back there 
when he was three, um, crushed him in the uh, Rasmussen as well, ran a great race as the favorite, and the uh, Cornhusker got beat by two by Giant Game and Skippy Longstocking. Really finished well in there. Um, has run well for Martin Garcia, including winning a stakes here off a layoff last May 5th. Um, working very well for Kelly Von Hemel. So he's real interesting. Um, I'm actually going to give the nod to his brother, uh, Donnie K. Von Hemel. Um, he's got a horse in here out of, out of a mare called She's All In that he he trained for uh, the owner breeder, Robert Zollner, a gunrunner horse. Uh, the, uh, my selection is the 13 Bolsies, 15 to 1 in the morning line. Francisco Arrieta um, rides. He's two for seven lifetime, but he really looks like he's putting it all together at the right time. And his morning work on February 17th uh, for a half mile and 47 and three best of 73 signals that he's very ready for a career best. He looks like he's in outstanding form. And he'll certainly relish the mile in a 16. So if Arietta can get any kind of position from the 13, 13 hole, I think Bolsey uh, represents excellent value at, at a big price. All right. Uh, I agree with Amwager using form to win. I thought the five octane was going to be very tough to beat in this spot, and he's going to be my selection at 5-1 to one on the morning line. I like the fact that he can not only run well when he's on the lead, but if he doesn't get the lead, he can still run good races, and he's won – uh, from, or he's run well from a pace-pressing kind of a run uh, in the past. Uh, I just like the form that he's in. I'm going to take Octane on top. You know what's strange about Ain't Life Grand? When he ran third in the Cornhusker last year at Prairie Meadows, I had heard, and I'm not going to say from who, but I had heard that he got hurt and may never run again. Um and that was so, after the Cornhusker. Yeah. And, and okay. I, you know, it was so sad because he's obviously a very, very talented horse. And, you know, especially when you're talking about horses up in Iowa, I mean, if, he, if he's not the best Iowa bred, he was certainly in the conversation of the best Iowa. He's breads. the best. And um, so when I saw him in the entries, I was like, wait a minute. That can't be the same horse that I was told is never going to run again. Um, so what, obviously, whoever told me that either one was lying to me or two had no idea uh, what he was talking about. And uh, thankful, whether it's lying or, or whether it's the option one or option two, I'm glad that Ain't Life Grand is back. And obviously, if he fires a big chance, a big shot, he has got a huge chance to win. I'm just going to take a chance that he doesn't fire his best shot first off the layoff. He's never, he's never really fired his best shot in these scenarios in the past, so I'm going to try to beat him with Octane in the Razorback. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we've got the big one, the Rebel, to talk about at Oaklawn Park. Also, a couple of nice stakes over at Laurel. This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races Dine trackside in 10 ponds with an elevated view of the track and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your social security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Trainer Talk, presented by Fasig Tipton. Please join me in welcoming Hall of Fame trainer Todd Fletcher. Hall of Fame trainer Nick Zito on Trainer Talk. Welcome Hall of Famer Bob Baffert to the program. Hall of Fame trainer Shug McGahee, nice enough to spend some time with us. Hall of Fame trainer Bill Mott here on Trainer Talk. Dual Hall of Fame trainer Mark Cassie. Trainer Talk. 
the biggest names in horse racing, Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Sirius 162, XM207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. They're a quarter of a mile from home. Victor Espinosa just sitting on American Pharaoh. And he asked the question now, opening up to lead by two. Bold Conquest is finishing nicely on the outside of Made from Lucky. Then comes the truth or else. They're in the final furlong. And it's all American Pharaoh answering this test with flying colors. American Pharaoh will romp home in the Rebel. Widening to win by about eight. Made from Lucky second. Bold Conquest third. The truth or else was fourth. That was Frank Miramati on the call back in 2015. The grade two Rebel won by American Pharaoh. He would, of course, go on to win the Triple Crown later that year. And Frank Miramati was once, in fact, the track announcer at Oaklawn Park. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Before we get to this year's Rebel, it's time now for the Blood Horse News Update and a look at the top headlines from bloodhorse.com. Well, this one was a, a bummer to wake up to a couple days ago. Bob, trainer Philip Oliver dies February 19th. Phil Oliver, beloved husband, brother, son, died February 19th in Indian Town, Florida. He was born June 6, 1970 in Chipping, Norton, England. His loving mother and father, he grew up and began riding at the age of three. Prior to moving to the U.S. at the age of 18, he worked for champion jump jockeys and trainers Stan Miller and Lester Piggott. Bill began his U.S. training career as an assistant with Ian Jory at Santa Anita. He was instrumental in the training and development of video ranger and best pal. His next stop was an assistant trainer with Bruce Headley, where he worked with champion racehorse Bertrando. Final assistant role before taking his trainer's license came with Elliot Walden, where they conditioned many feet, victory gallop, and distorted humor, which is where he met his bride to be, Vicky. In 1999, Phil launched his career as a trainer to become a grade one and multiple great stakes trainer, campaigning notable horses such as Autonomy, Closing Range, First Lieutenant, Last Full Measure, and Midi. Overall, he saddled 1,324 starters. Uh, and had total earnings horses did of $6.1 million. That wraps up this afternoon's edition of the Blood Horse News Update. The March issue of Blood Horse Magazine tablet is out and features 150 plus pages, including End of an Era. As Aqueduct Racetrack enters its final year, sentiment remains strong for the New York track, which has a rich history dating back to 1864. Long on experience, former racetrack executive Bill Nader returns to the U.S. from Hong Kong to lead the thoroughbred owners of California. Good luck with that. On point, owner breeder Alan Poindexter continues to reach new heights. And Blood Horse Market Watch, a preview of freshman sires and a look at leading consigners of two-year-olds. You can download a copy of the March issue now. Go to shop.bloodhorse.com. All right, very sad news there. Let's get back to uh, more happy news, and that is the stake racing stake race coming up this weekend, including the big race on tomorrow's Oaklawn card. Race 11 is the $1.25 million Grade 2 Rebel Stakes. Three-year-olds going a mile in a 16-point squalifier on the road to this year's Kentucky Derby. Winner gets 50 points, basically making this a win-and-you're-in race for the Derby, Bob, and we should have a heavy favorite in the grade one uh, champagne winner, Timberlake. Yeah, it looks like a great spot for Timberlake to make his return. Um, Pretty amazing, uh, you know, at $1.25 million. And, you know, there's some very talented horses in in here, and and, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure about – the overall depth of the field. I mean, the one horse in here, Carboni or Carbo, I think it's Carboni, uh, son of Matoli. Uh, we were skeptical February third when he ran in the Southwest, and that was on a sealed muddy track uh, that he wouldn't stay. Uh, kind of interesting that Asmussen uh, gives him another shot at a route. Um, the two horse in here, Flame Away for Leperu and McPeaks, kind of interesting. Um, one last time over this racetrack, going a mile. 
Uh, McPeak is actually having a great meet at Oakland. He's 16 for 71, um, won the Southwest. Um, a, a pedigree note about Northern Flame is a darling's darling is the dam of Northern Flame. If he were to win and get the 50 points, it could be. It's, it's pretty possible that we could have three horses with the same second dam in the Kentucky Derby. He would join Forever Young from uh, Japan and, of course, Sierra Leone. That would be a very unusual <laughs> set of circumstances um, from a pedigree department. Um, Tejon Pass is in here for Peter Miller. He's a Justify out of a real good um, t- uh, turf horse uh, called Foxy Sox. Um, um, out there in California, you know, he's a horse to me that looks quite turfy. It, it's kind of interesting. Uh, he got beat in the Bob Hope by Nisos and Stronghold, who came back and won at Sunland the, uh, last weekend in the Sunland Derby. It'll be interesting to size that form up against uh, Nisos and the better California horses. Um, Domatic, the sixth horse in here, was uh, was very impressive winning his maiden. was incredibly green down the stretch, but av- obviously has a world of talent. He's by Gunrunner. He's a full brother to Dreamlike, who finished second in Saudi Crowns Pennsylvania Derby uh, last year. And his damn time to tap is a full sister to Untappable. So he's regally bred. Um, it's just a tough race. I mean, time for truce, uh, you know, kind of a bummer for him. He's stretching around around uh, two turns for the first time. Obviously, has a lot of talent for Ron Moquette. Um, got beat by Valentine Candy, who Asmussen's very high on. Drew the 13 hole for his uh, first try around two turns. Just deals in here. He's another one. Uh, Lucas trains him. He's out of a fast net rock, Mary. He just seems like he, he might prefer turf as well. It's hard to argue with Timberlake, um, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, play T- Timberlake over Dematic and put some money on Dematic. Dematic adds the blinkers. Um, after, you know, like I said, weaving his way down the stretch uh, last time. I just think he's a rapidly improving horse. He won the uh, his maiden like a, like a talented horse, and he'll step up, but he's already proven his affinity for the racetrack. Tyler Gaffleone takes over for Joel Rosario. I don't think he lose much there at all. And uh, the sixth Domatic, who's 8-1 in the morning, I think will definitely go off bigger than that, is my pick. All right, number six, Domatic for Bob. I went to the favorite, number seven, Timberlake. Simply put, I think a repeat of either of his last two races is better than anyone in this race has ever run, and uh, somebody's going to have to really improve to beat him unless he throws in a clunker. The only other one I'd use is number 13, Time for Truth, who's looked good sprinting in two starts. I'm not sure if he's going to be better routing than sprinting, being by Omaha Beach out of a looking at Lucky Mare. There is some reason to think especially with looking at lucky on the dam side that he could be better around two turns he does get the uh, awful outside 13 hole going a mile in a 16th which is not where you want to be but those are the two i would use by the way amway you're using form to win say the best value in the race is number one carbone who is 15 to 1 on the morning line let's head over to the mid-atlantic two stakes tomorrow at laurel first of which is the wide country goes as the seventh race on their card three-year-old Phillies sprinting seven furlongs on the main track field of seven going to post in this race am wager using form to win it's come up with number four shaman's girl as their top selection in the race she is five to one on the morning line the morning line favorite is drawn outside bob that's ronin goddess yeah, this is a really interesting race. Uh, they, they got a nice uh, bunch of horses in here, and uh, really a rarity. Shaman's Girl, uh, December 2nd, uh, won the $150,000 uh, Shady Well for Ontario Breads, uh, won a stakes race by three and a half, and her first lifetime start came from way off the pace and closed five wide. And the sixth horse in here, Miss Harriet, did similarly last October 14th. Uh, she won a restricted stakes race in her debut at 62 to one. Uh, Ronan Goddess uh, looks like a horse um, that uh, she was pretty impressive winning the extra heat last time for uh, Jeron Barboza and Hams Hamilton Smith. I just think that she looks like more of a six furlong type, as does Miss Harriet, who's by Blofeld out of Sea of Secrets. To me, that's a five and a half six furlong pedigree. Um, Kissed by an angel, obviously, uh, arguably was the best. Maryland bred two-year-old filly last year. Um, she won. Uh, she she won a stakes race. Finished third in the one at the end of the year. Just a really nice uh, daughter of Golden Lad. Um, I think she's in there with a big shot for uh, owner trainer Joanne Shankle. 
Um, but I'm going to go with Shaman's Girl. I mean, she was she's a super impressive looking chestnut filly, and uh, her trainer uh, Harold Leducer uh, has brought her down to Laurel, where she's been uh, working in February. And, not working really quickly, but definitely getting a feel for the surface. But she's by Shaman Ghost out of Ginger Brew. Ginger Brew won almost a million for Stronach. She basically is kind of the uh, flagship horse for the Stronach stable these days. She's by Shaman Ghost, wonderful horse for uh, the Stronachs. And uh, I, I think she's a really exciting horse, and, and uh, I think she'll lay closer, and I think she'll win the race. And she's 5-1 to one in the morning line under Victor Carrasco. All right, so Bob likes Shaman's Girl. Amway you're using form to win. Pick Shaman's Girl. I went to the six, Miss Harriet, who's won two of her three starts, and I think maybe a little bit speedier than some of the early other ones in the early going. I think she might just get out in front of the field and keep on going. We're all trying to beat the favorite Ronan Goddess in the seventh race at Laurel. It is the wide country. Eighth race tomorrow at Laurel is the Miracle Wood. Three-year-olds going a one-turn mile on the main track, field of 11. And here's where we find Amwager using Form to Win's best bet of the weekend. It's number seven, Speediness, who is nine to two on the morning line and has won three of his last four starts. Despite that good record, he's not the morning line favorite. That honor goes to number five, Copper Tax. Speediness is fast, unquestionably fast. Uh, and uh, definitely appears to uh, need the lead to show his best, all four of his wins. He's made the front end. He's bred to be fast. He's by great notion. And uh, he definitely lines up with a big chance. Uh, the six horses, in, very interesting in here, Point Doom or Point Doom A, a $450,000 son of in, Into Mischief, um, was claimed on December 31st off of the uh, ultra-powerful stable of Brittany Russell at Laurel Park. And came back and won easily. So a shrewd claim by Kieran McGee, who's currently winning at a 20% clip. Sort of like Tim in here. Sweet Soddy Jay's another interesting uh, entrant. Uh, definitely doesn't miss a trick. Is running eight straight, nine straight uh, stakes races. So just a really durable, admirable sort. He's 4-1 to one in the morning line for Ray Ginter. But I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, Give Copper Tax another chance. I mean, he ran in the in the in the in the Sam Davis down at Tampa, February tenth. Uh, no more time at Agate Road. Uh, dominated the finish there, and uh, Gary Capuano <clears throat> must have been very disappointed. I don't know if he emerged with an excuse, but he finished tenth, beaten nineteen. His previous race, he got uh, crushed in the Remsen. Uh, you know, I think just calmer waters. Before that, he reeled off five straight wins, including a stakes win here from off the pace, a race which was bumped at the start, bumped at the eighth pole. And uh, he shows uh, the fact that he shows back up here in a, in a one-turn mile race, that, that probably is a far more appealing set of circumstances for Copper Tax. And I think uh, he'll get back to his best and win the race. All right, so Copper Tax for Bob. I'm going to go with a long shot in number nine, Circle P. For Flint Stites and Julio Hernandez, he ran really well as a two-year-old in Maryland last year. In fact, won two of his last three starts. He finished over uh, almost six lengths ahead of speediness when they faced off uh, in a race on December 2nd. Uh, he looks like he's been working forwardly for his three-year-old debut. If he's better now as a three-year-old than he was as a two-year-old, and that happens a lot of times, I think he's going to have a big chance in here at a big price. He's 12-1 to 1 on the morning line. And I'm kind of playing him on the come, if you will. Number nine, Circle P, to improve from his age two to three campaign and get the job done at a big price in tomorrow's Miracle Wood at Laurel. All right, final break. When we come back, one more Saturday stake to talk about, the Santa Ana at Santa Anita. A couple of nice Sunday stakes as well. You're listening to Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Don't miss a minute of the action now through April with Thoroughbred Stakes Racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. And, of course, we're the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with delicious dining and the best Sunday brunch around. So race in for all the excitement at Houston's best bet for fun and entertainment. Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. Parenting is hard. Technology can make it harder. The family media plan developed by the American Academy of Pediatrics helps make it easier. 
Go to healthychildren.org forward slash media plan to create the media plan that's right for your family. Whether you make a full plan or just choose a few parts that matter the most to your family, healthychildren.org forward slash media plan is an easy to use tool that will help your family set media priorities and create healthy digital habits in line with your family's values. You'll also get practical tips to help make the plan work. And you can come back to revise your plan as often as you need to, like at the beginning of each school year or during summer and holiday breaks. Raising kids in the age of screens is easier when you have a plan. Go to healthychildren.org forward slash media plan and make your plan today. HRRN is live online. Go to our website at horseracingradio.net to stream all of our broadcasts live or listen to the show archives anytime. Read our blogs, get the latest news, and see our entire broadcast schedule. It's all there at horseracingradio.net. And follow us on Twitter at HRRN and like our page on Facebook. Search Apple Podcasts for HRRN and download our latest shows. HRRN is home to racing's biggest events. And our home on the web is at horseracingradio.net. Radio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. Gander on the outside has taken over at the quarter pole, and Gander turns into the stretch with the lead. Mr. Determined in the Big Apple are second and third. Lord of the Thunder is a late threat on the far outside, and he is coming hard with Sherpa Guide down toward the rail. Compelling World all out drive. Gander digs down for the last furlong. Lord of the Thunder with a bold lake challenge and on the outside, Compelling World. Gander trying to hang tough. Compelling World, a flying finish. Here's the wire. And the gallant Gander got it. Gander wins. Compelling World coming with a flying finish to be second. And Lord of the Thunder was third. That was Tom Durkin on the call, the 2002 edition of the Empire Classic, won by Gander, and there is a stake named in his honor this Sunday out at Aqueduct. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Folks, Amwager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then deposit $150, bet $150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's that easy. Once again, link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob, one more stake on the Saturday agenda, and that is the feature tomorrow at Santa Anita. It's the Grade 3 Santa Ana for Phillies and Mares going a mile and a quarter on the turf. A field of eight gathering for the Santa Ana. To me, it looks like a weak edition of the Santa Ana. Most of these are allowance-caliber runners, but somebody is going to get a Grade 3 win tomorrow, and the morning line favorite is number six, Linda's Gift. Yeah, first up, I'd like to... uh mentioned uh, some amazing things about uh, Gander, who was uh, it was just so awesome that Aqueduct uh, named a New York Bread Stakes after him. He was a really wonderful, hardy, tough, gray son of Cormorant. Uh, finished his career 15 for 60, earnings of over $1.8 million in four grade one placings. Shame that he could never break through at the grade one level. Uh, like I said, a, cor- a son of Cormorant like Gopher Jen. Uh, Cormorant was one of my favorite stallions. I remember being at uh, Aqueduct at 89.90, and the Jamaicans that would hang out by the winter circle at uh, at uh, Aqueduct would always um, uh, basically told me that uh, you always bet uh, sons and daughters of Cormorant on a wet track, uh, which I in turn did when Gopher, Gopher uh, Jin won the Kentucky Derby a few years later. But uh, I just loved Gander. It's cool that he's remembered by Aqueduct with that stakes race. Uh, as far as the race at Santa Anita goes, the Santa Ana, I sort of agree with you. Um, sort of unquestionably, um, Linda's gift has been dominating uh, these races out there. Um, you know, kind of at this you know slightly lower um, level, trained by Mandela. Uh, you know, kind of been beautifully ridden by Tiago Pereira. Just rides her pretty straightforward ride, puts her on the front, and just uh, gradually uh, holds holds the advantage to the wire. Um, in this particular scenario, uh, 
I can't imagine um, uh, uh, Juan Hernandez, who rides a two in here, leisure wear, takes over for Flavian Pratt, uh, that, uh, that you know, that they're going to let uh, um, Linda's gift get away with it again. I mean, that you know, I, I can't believe that Juan Hernandez is not going to put a little bit of extra pressure on, on her. If he doesn't, uh, Linda's gift wins again. If he does, I like the five-horse Ken Johnny. Um, Ken Johnny was purchased uh, last year at uh, Tattersall's for a pretty hefty price tag uh, at a, a, a horse's racing age sale. Uh, Mark Glatt can just do no wrong out there. He's 38%. And after uh, trouble at the start and then waiting, uh, she was really impressive in her U.S. debut January 21st at uh, Santa Anita, won by a length on her Frankie, rides her back. She's by Sir Percy out of an Archipanko mare. I'm, I'm proud to tell you, Bob, that I'm the only per, I'm the, that I'm the only person that you know that owns a yearling uh, colt that I bred by Sir Percy out of an Archipanko mare. So I'm obviously rooting for for Ken Johnny, but based on uh, her performance January 21st, I think she can take the steps up uh, the step up in the stakes company and run them down under uh, Frankie. Yeah, hopefully she won't be as far back, but uh, she did hit the gate at the start last time out, and my guess is that that cost her several lengths at the beginning. I like Kinjani as well. Bob and I are going to select her in the Grade 3 Santa Ana tomorrow at Santa Anita. Sunday action, New York and Southern California. We'll start at Aqueduct with the aforementioned Gander, three-year-old uh, New York breads, going a mile on the main track. It is a one-turn mile field of six gathering for this year's edition of the Gander. And number four, Panda Gate, is the eight-to-five morning line favorite. Yeah, and Pandagate is also the choice of uh, Dylan Davis, uh, who's who's um, been riding uh, Doc Sullivan. Uh, Doc Sullivan won by seven last time, uh, beating um, Brick Ambush, who we know is an outstanding New York bred, bred for Reeves Thoroughbreds, and beat him uh, by seven lengths on a fast track. So, pretty eye-popping effort by Doc Sullivan. He'll he'll make his uh, steps up step up in the stakes company in the Gander. Um, Pandagate is trained by Christophe Clement, which might be the reason why Dylan Davis and his agent decided to go in that direction. I'm not quite sure. Pandagate was marvelous in his uh, in his uh, one-turn mile debut here during the Belmont at Aqueduct meet October uh, 13th. Uh, then went down to Laurel and didn't run badly. Uh, got beat by uh, uh, Regalo uh, in there. Uh, it just looks like a showdown between those two races. And uh, I'm going to go with the son of Solomini, Doc Sullivan. I thought he was super impressive last time. And I think if he uh, runs back to that, uh, he'll be really tough to beat in the gander. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like the fact that Dylan Davis uh, may have opted off Doc Sullivan, but he may have been committed to uh, Pandagate uh, before Doc Sullivan was known to be going in this race. It's hard to know just from, uh, you know, picking up past performances and trying to handicap because it looks like he would have his choice of either. Uh, meanwhile, you get a very good uh, replacement in Trevor McCarthy, and like you, Bob, I think Doc Sullivan is going to be tough in Sunday's Gander. Featured race Sunday at Santa Anita is the Wishing Well. Wishing Well was a pretty nice mare in her own right, but uh, more known for being the Dam of Sunday Silence. They have a race named in her honor on Sunday at Santa Anita. Phillies and mares going uh, down the hillside turf course for the about distance of six and a half furlongs. Field of 11 gathering for the Wishing Well, and slight favorite on the morning line is number two, Graceland Gray. Yeah, I kind of gave a long look to Lunar Impact in here. Breaks from the rail. Uh, Frankie DeTori abandons uh, her to ride school dance for Phil D'Amato. Lunar Impact uh, will be ridden by Antonio Fresu for Dan Blacker, who uh, kind of refreshingly is off to a great start. This meet is three for seven with a second. Um, Lunar Impact looked like uh, she, uh, she was just awesome in her first time down the hill. Uh, beat a nice horse in there who who reopposes called Miss Lizzie. Um, you know, School Dance is a horse that uh, has been off form going routes. They turn her back to six and a half. It'll be interesting to see how she likes the uh, turn back. But uh, I'm going to take a first time turfer in here with my pick, Bob. I, I, um, the seven horse uh, ice dancing trained by Mandela who's just on fire. Uh, Dick Mandela's nine for 27. Uh, so far on the meet, Mike Smith rides this one. 
Um, she's been con- she's been in really tough races on the dirt. She's running a couple grade ones, grade two. She she won the Santa Inez here, going seven furlongs last uh, January, and just got crushed in the uh, La Brea on December 26. She's by frosted out of a uh, out of a a mare called Welcome Dance, who was a stakes winner on the turf. And uh, if you look at her uh, pedigree, you'll see uh, appealing names like uh, Dynaform were up pretty close. I think she's pretty turfy on the dam side. I think the daughter of Frosted uh, could bounce back to her best and and, uh, find a new career on the grass. That's my selection in the wishing well. All right, certainly a big chance if she handles the turf. I went to the favorite, Graceland Gray, and erased it. To be perfectly honest, there's no chance of me betting on. I just don't have a good opinion at all. I trust Graceland Gray more than some of the others. She can show speed or sit just off the pace, and she's run very well at Santa Anita in the past. That's 12 races. Time now for the Amwager Best Bets. The, 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 the Amwager Best Bet. Best Bet. All right, Bob, where are you headed? Yeah, I'm headed to the uh, seventh race at uh, Laurel. Um, that, that's a wonderful uh, seven furlong race for three year old fillies, hundred thousand on the line, and uh, Shaman's Girl, the uh, Stronach Stable Special. There, I just think that she was ultra impressive, winning first out at uh, Woodbine, and she, if she can transfer that sort of, sort of form, I think they have a budding star. Um, over there at uh, at uh, the Stronach Stables, uh, and uh, so the selection is for Shaman's Girl. All right, that's the Wide Country race number seven tomorrow at Laurel, five to one on Shaman's Girl. You're picking against a favorite as your best bet. I'm going to pick against a favorite for my best bet, and I'm going to the richest race in the world, the twenty million dollar Saudi Cup. I think number thirteen Ushba Tesoro is going to uh, close from off the pace and win going away in the world's richest race uh, might get a value price. The fact that uh, the lone line that a lot of the Americans are going to pay attention to is the fact that Ushba Tesoro was beaten three and a half lengths by White Barrio and two and a half lengths by Derma Sotagake. I think Ushba Tesoro is better than Derma Sotagake easily when they run their best races. And I just don't think he ran his best race over on that firm dirt over at Santa Anita. I think he's going to like the more give in the go, if you will, uh, out in Riyadh and Ushba Tesoro with pace in front of him, going to run by them all and take the $20 million Saudi Cup. want to remind everybody tomorrow morning, another huge edition of the Equine Forum here on HRRN. Our good friend Mike Penna, the Baron of the Backstretch. Uh, what, what a phenomenal lineup. Trainer Ken McPeak looking ahead to his runners in Saturday's stakes at Oaklawn. NBC analyst and podcast host Nick Luck shares his thoughts on his recent conversations with owner Mike Rapoli and jockey club chairman Stuart Janney. Owner Rick Burnsworth looks back on the 2023 campaign of his national claiming horse of the year, Uncaptured Storm. And Hillendale General Manager Jared Burdine previews their 2024 Stallion roster, plus a special visit with SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming, Steve Cohen. The Twin Spires triple play with James Scully. Look back on the career of the birthday boy, Silver Charm. In this week's Stroll Through Racing History, presented by Keeneland with Kurt Becker, Dale Roman's Tim Wilkin tackle the sport's hottest topics on I Ask, They Answer, presented by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program, all part of a huge edition of the Equine Forum. I don't know how Mike Penna finds the time to do all of this on three hours on a Saturday morning, but that's exactly what he's doing, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Sirius 162, XM 207, online channel 999, or on our website, horseracingradio.net. Bob, this is... You know, uh, it's funny that we think that this could be a lull in the action. We do have the Rebel Stakes and some other great racing at Oakland and, of course, the richest race in the world this week with the Saudi Cup. But when you look at what's coming up next weekend, especially talking about three-year-olds, you got the San Felipe and all those other great races at Santa Anita, including the Big Cap. You've got the Fountain of Youth at Gulfstream and I think six or seven other stakes on their card. You've got the Gotham at Aqueduct. We really are, my friend, right in the thick of the deep end. Yeah, no, kicking it into high gear. Pretty excited about things. Go to your Amwager account. Start one up if you don't have one. Get on there early and watch the uh, outstanding uh, racing from uh, Saudi Arabia. you got horses like White Abario, Lemon Pop, Derma Sotagake, National Treasure, your pick, Ushba Tesoro, Saudi Crown. 
And if you're looking for a closer, don't leave out Senor Buscador in the Saudi Cup. Yeah, and by the way, you were talking about the Saudi Derby earlier and the, the U.S.-based runners. Uh, Forever Young, the Japanese-based runner, is supposed to be something else. And uh, maybe he will jump into, uh, you know, your ideas as far as uh, top five going to this year's Kentucky Derby with a big performance tomorrow. A lot of fun tomorrow. Have a great weekend, everybody. For our producer, Lee Delapina and my co-host, Bob Nastanovich, I'm Bobby Newman. Have a great weekend at the track, everybody.